Chapter Two of the Problem Club. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dolman. The Problem Club by Barry Payne. The Kiss Problem. Mr. Pusley Smith's air of saturnine melancholy was pronounced as he took the chair at the forty-fourth monthly meeting of the Problem Club well gentlemen he began the waiters are supposed to have left the room but in view of the nature of the problem before us to-night you would probably wish to be quite sure on the point will someone kindly examine the screen by the waiter's entrance mr quillian k c reported that no waiter was concealed and further that the door was locked thank you my learned friend leonard admirable as a head waiter ingenious and generally innocuous as the inventor of our problems has on this occasion undergone a moral lapse i will give you the words of this lamentable problem it is required within the space of one hour to kiss upon the cheek ten females of the age of courtship and not cousins or any nearer relative of the kisser without giving offence to any one of them major biles protested against this problem on the grounds that it gave an unfair advantage to the young and unattached the rev septimus cunliffe second the protest on the ground that broad-minded though he was after all there was a limit a vote being taken it was found to the eternal shame of the club if i may say so that there was a considerable majority in favour of the problem being retained every member being well aware that the chairman himself had voted with the majority there was some hilarious interruption gentlemen said the chairman severely this is not the spirit in which to approach stories of wrecked homes and blasted reputations in these stories we must now hear i observe that mr quillian has had his face scratched recently doubtless the work of outraged modesty but before i i really must protest said mr quillian the slight marks on my left cheek are not scratches but were caused as they say at the inquest by some blunt instrument to wit a safety razor well the chairman continued you will have an opportunity later to explain how the girl got hold of the razor i will begin with some of our younger lothlorios what have you to tell us mr feldane the honourable james feldane put down his cigarette and spoke wearily it's like this you know i claim to have won unless my score is beaten ten in an hour is an impossible demand on the part of our friend leonard and i doubt if bogey would be more than four may i take it that i win if i'm the nearest to leonard's figure that is so continue your loathsome confessions it's strictly masonic and all that ain't it mr feldine may be assured that his hideous secret will die with us said the chairman the club rule of secrecy has never yet been broken that being so i'll get on i'd planned it all for a dance i was going to and i put in a deal of conscientious preliminary work getting certain girls up to a certain mark if you understand what i mean on the appointed night a perfectly dear old thing with two daughters some years older than myself called to take me on to that dance they've known me all my life 
they knew me when i'd got golden curls and played with a wool rabbit they're no sort of relation and so they count for the purpose of this competition well i've always kissed them when we meet and i kissed them that time as soon as i boarded the car so when we got to the house where the dance was i was three up and still had fifty-three minutes to go here feldane was interrupted by an appeal to the chairman it was made by his friend Hesseltine, a tall and dark young man, as good-looking as Feldane himself, though a very different type. "'Mr. Chairman,' said Hesseltine, "'before Jimmy goes any farther, I should like to ask for your ruling. The mother of those two girls is to my certain knowledge sixty-two years of age. I claim that Jimmy cannot score her, as she is above the age of courtship.' "'Sorry, Mr. Hesseltine, but your claim is disallowed.' it has been well observed that a man is as old as he feels but that a woman is rather younger than she doesn't look there is no historical instance of any woman being over the age of courtship then i'm pipped said hesseltine gloomily go on jimmy i kissed four more in the time that left me but one of them told me that she would never speak to me again and so i can't count her though that's what she always says i was done by the time limit you can't in decency kiss a girl and then do an immediate bunk you must keep on telling her how maddeningly beautiful she is for a few minutes besides at a dance you can't always find the girl that you want at the moment you want her still i claim a score of six the claim is allowed and what is your sad experience mr hesseltine much the same as jimmy's i went to the same dance i also played the friends of my childhood but i could only raise five of them so jimmy's one ahead if you had disallowed his old lady we should have tied i might add that being rather carried away i got engaged to two different girls in the course of the hour and though it's all right now i don't monkey with a buzzsaw again the next kiss problem will find little bobby seated with the spectators possibly said the chairman the finesse and experience of riper years will have accomplished more than the attractions of untutored youth may i interrupt your secretarial duties sir charles sir charles laid down his pencil smiled and shook his head this time you must place me also with the spectators he said and quoted an apt line from horace it's seldom that you miss i wish mr harding pope that i could say the same of you what have you done this time to redeem yourself what could i do said mr pope with an oratorical gesture i represent a nonconformist constituency that will not tolerate the least laxity in the private life of its member the mere suspicion that i had taken part in a competition of this kind might end my political career possibly failure to take part in the next competition will actually end your career as a member of this club as you will see if you refer to rule eleven the club does not regard onlookers as sportsmen i suppose major biles since you protested against the problem that for the first time in your membership you have failed to compete that is so but my protest had very little to do with it matter of fact i had a superstitious idea that it might change my luck if i gave a miss this time then i will turn to dr alden what was your adventure doctor mine was more of a tragedy than an adventure said the doctor on the evening of sunday the twelfth acting on information received i presented myself at the residence of my married sister she said that i must have forgotten that she was entertaining the girls of her tennyson club that night and that she had never wanted me less but that as i was there i could stop 
i stopped that being what i had come for her suggestion that her husband and myself the only two males present should go off in the billiard-room after supper was negatived by both of us in accordance with plan i then directed the conversation to the subject of face-powder condemning it on scientific grounds and maintaining that it deceived nobody my sister said that it was not intended to deceive but that as a matter of fact no man would ever detect it unless it had been put on with a shovel i said that on the contrary given a certain condition any man with a scientific training could detect it with his eyes shut several of the girls asked me how this was not unexpected i replied that he would only have to touch his lips to the cheek on which there was face powder and he would know it instantly and infallibly my sister said she did not believe a word of it my answer was i could easily prove it let them blindfold me then twelve times in succession let a cheek touch my lips in each case i would state whether or not face powder had been used and would employ no other means of detection i was so certain of it that i would gladly contribute a guinea to the charitable fund of the tennyson club for every mistake i made my sister said that it was very easy to make an impossible offer that could not be accepted somewhat to my surprise the prettiest girl there said that she did not think it an impossible offer at all it was a scientific experiment and might benefit a very good cause i would never know the identity of the twelve who took part in the experiment its very publicity made it innocuous but i should have to give them a little time to settle which of the twelve were to be sacrificed and the order in which they were to present themselves to this i at once agreed i was put in a chair and blindfolded really blindfolded i need hardly to tell the members of this club that my claim to be able to detect the presence of face powder in the way indicated was a piece of monumental spoof this did not alarm me i could not lose more than twelve guineas and i was out to win our prize of one hundred and ten pounds i could assign my mistakes to the fact that i had just smoked a cigarette thus spoiling the delicacy of my perception i heard a sound of whispering and suppressed laughter as the girls held their consultation and then the experiment began in silence broken only by the rustle of feminine garments twelve times in succession i felt a gentle touch upon my lips and never once did i fail to take advantage of it i gave six decisions for face powder and six against and was just thinking how i would spend the one hundred and ten pounds when i heard a roar of laughter i tore off the bandage and asked what was the matter as soon as they could speak they told me the only person i had kissed on all twelve occasions was my own sister sometimes she had touched my lips with her cheek on which there was face powder and sometimes with the back of her hand on which there was none and nine times i had been mistaken in my diagnosis the treasurer of the charitable fund she was the pretty girl of whom i have spoken collected the money and then they all resumed their merriment and no excuse for my mistakes was ever heard all things considered i think i have a fair claim for the consolation prize the club does not give prizes of that description said the chairman but i can offer you our sympathy which is more valuable than mere money i will now call on mr quillian mr quillian adjusted his pince-nez i will ask the chairman's permission to argue that the whole of this competition is null and void and the prize should be added to that for the next competition i will hear you mr quillian but you must be brief and to the point you are not in court now you know 
if you please i submit that a kiss has a psychical as well as a physical side and that kisses for competition purposes are so deficient on the psychical or emotional side that they cannot be considered as kisses in the ordinary sense of the word i do not admit that possibly the competition kiss does not come up to the standard demanded by a voluptuary like my learned friend but it is still a kiss if he kissed this matchbox it would be a kiss and could not be described otherwise though presumably the emotional side would be absent enough of these legal quibbles i will now ask mr matthews if he has been as successful in the part of the lothlorio as he invariably is in that of lucullus mr matthews the club epicure said that a decent upbringing had caused him to fail in a shameful enterprise and gave his account of it he advertised in the name of mrs elsmeyer twiss giving an accommodation address for the companion to an elderly lady the salary offered was magnificent and it was intimated that accomplishments would be less valued than youthful charm and an affectionate nature applicants were to enclose photographs ten of the applicants and it is to be feared that they were the ten whose photographs were most attractive were given an appointment with mrs elsmeyer twiss at a weston hotel on a certain day on the morning of that day mr matthews placed himself in the hands of a famous costumier who had guaranteed to convert him into such an excellent imitation of an old lady that even at close quarters the disguise would not be detected the costumier spent two hours on effecting a most artistic transformation and then after submitting himself to the photographer in attendance mr matthews drove off to the hotel a passer-by who had happened to glance into the cab might have observed a sweet-looking old lady smoking a large cigar he now proceeded to interview the selected ten it being his abominable intention to kiss each applicant as he said good-bye to her the first applicant to be brought in from the waiting-room was miss grace porter everything went well until the moment came for the affectionate good-bye but then it chanced that miss porter dropped her handkerchief now mr matthews had from the nursery upward been taught habits of politeness and his decent upbringing now proved his undoing forgetting that he was supposed to be an elderly lady and the girl's prospective employer he flew to pick up that handkerchief and as he stooped his hat and wig fell off for a few moments he remained stooping waiting for miss porter's scream but no scream came she had realized that mrs elsmeyer twist wore a wig but not that she was a man and that tactful miss porter had retired from the room mr matthews was safe but his nerve was gone he replaced the hat and wig and sent a waiter with a message to the remaining applicants when mr matthews had finished his story two other members narrated how they had conspired together to get the game of kiss in the ring played at a rectory garden party and had failed miserably now the only member left said the chairman is mr coonliffe and he has protested against the problem and will not have competed pardon me said the sonorous and ecclesiastical voice of the rev septimus cunliffe i have not only competed but i claim to be the winner one moment this is a shock and some restorative seems indicated the chairman fetched himself a brandy and soda from the side table and resumed now if the reverend gentleman will continue the account of his exploits it has pained me to hear to-night's aspirations on the character of our admirable leonard i admit that when i first heard the problem i was myself inclined to misjudge him but on examining it more closely i saw that 
never had he risen to a higher pitch of a store though cynical morality i saw that he intended that this prize should be won by the most high-minded member of the club by a man whose mind was the least obsessed by thoughts of frivolity or flirtation might i suggest said the chairman that you should stop throwing bouquets to yourself and tell us about these ten women that you have kissed that's precisely my point leonard does not say women he does not say girls he says females my aunt is interested in smoke-gray persian cats she breeds them and deals in them on behalf of a charity and you will generally find thirty or forty of them at her house it is unhygienic to kiss cats but i kissed ten of them and my aunt was greatly pleased at this unusual demonstration of affection for her pets some of them seemed slightly bored but not one of them was offended when a cat is offended it tells you so they were of an age for courtship by males of their own species briefly the cats and i conformed in all respects with the requirements of the problem gentlemen said the chairman the subtlety of our theologian has overcome you our check for one hundred and ten pounds will be drawn to the order of mr septimus cunliffe i will now read out the problem which will next engage your attention it is entitled the free meal problem it is required within the space of twenty-four consecutive hours to be the guest of one person at breakfast of another at luncheon and of a third at dinner the host being in each case a person whom the competitor has not to his knowledge seen and with whom he has held no communication previous to the sunrise preceding the meal no direct request for a meal may be made and no remuneration may be given in return for any meal the adjudicator will be my learned friend mr quillian end of the kiss problem